Welcome along to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. I reckon my MyTunes guest this week, once upon a time, had a proper job. He's a musician, you see, but his proper job was here in the Isle of Man. Ian Prowse, welcome to my tunes. <laughs> you weren't born here, were you? No, it's the only real job I've ever had. Working in Summerland? Was working in Summerland, looking what, after what? the kids on the bouncy castles. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Was yeah, it a yeah. summer season? or What it was, was uh, a guy I knew from school was, was coming over here to do something similar, and I needed money for my first amplifier. I needed uh, a, a few hundred quid. And he said, if you come with me, I can get you working on this, on the fair in, in Summerland. And uh, then you can save the money. And, uh, and so I said to him, I was only 17. So I said to me, mum and dad, I'm an only child. So it was the first time I was leaving home. And I said, I'm going to go and earn some money because I'm going to be a musician. And they kind of looked at me like, yeah, you'll end up in the factories like the rest of us. Uh, it helps me a port. And, uh, and off I came. So I spent an entire summer here. And the second that I got enough money for the amplifier, I went home, uh, bought the amp, and I've never had a job since. Do you remember what amplifier it was? Yes, Laney K50B. Hey. Yeah, um, with reverb. Yeah, built in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, built in, <laughs> built in. Yeah. So at that stage, you went back, and did you put a band together? Did you have a band, or were you going solo? Uh, no, I was in a band, you know, because I'm of the era of the jam and the clash and that sort of stuff, where a band as gang is the thing so that was i needed to uh get uh, money for this amp then i could you know go into the band i, I had my uh, my entire crew to start the thing then and i remember what year it was because i remember what was on the telly uh, on my 10 minutes off I'd, I'd watch the telly and i could i remember princess diana's wedding and it was the Toxteth riots. Because right. I phoned my mum up at home and said, what's going on? She goes, oh, the whole city's on fire. Yeah. You know, um, and I, so it was 1981. Right. So I can time where I was. I haven't forgotten. No, no, no. those time markers, they do stick. Yeah. There are certain yeah. events that, especially when you've glimpsed them. I think sometimes when you're away, and if this ever happened to you, you've been away somewhere and you've seen something on the telly and you're not there, that can also print hard yeah, in the memory. Weird, the way the brain works, isn't it? just it? focuses back. Because that was like me with Live Aid. Live Aid happened when I was in Gibraltar. And somebody phoned me up and said, quick, quick, you got to see Queen, you got to see Queen. Yeah, and uh, we yeah. were packing up to go somewhere. Yeah. And someone had a little black and white telly, believe it or not. And, and I managed just to see and it. And you watch the whole thing. But like that, mesmerised. For, for us, as, as our short time here on Earth... These are the, the pointers to our lives, aren't they? And they're so important. And it always tends to be music as well, you know? Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. People may well, I'm sure they do, remember Palais, Amsterdam, yeah. bands. Was it your hope that you'd be a, a band in, a, for much longer than before you became a solo artist? Yeah, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid of that new wave period, you know, and I wanted to always be in a band like The Clash. And we got, you know, we did well with, we got a big deal with Polydor, so I did that for the 90s. And then when it kind of ground to a halt, there was no question that I'd then be a solo artist. I, I want to be in a band. So 
and the, the the received wisdom of the music industry at that time was that you would never get signed with your old band name and it was considered dead in the water um, so I formed a brand new band Amsterdam and then I took us a, quite a few years of trying to get somewhere and we eventually got an indie deal and I was back in you know and, and uh, then the next decade began I felt much more comfortable just saying putting all of the music that I'd written with Pele in Amsterdam and the new music was written as just under Ian Prowse and that's kind of what I do now so mm. Pele Amsterdam Ian Prowse it's all exactly the same thing you know I've written all of the songs for all of those vehicles so, uh, so I'm comfortable saying that now good man yes. let's have the first choice for this Monday what's it going to be born to run Come on, wake any, up, everybody. <laughs> any, any particular reason for it? Bruce Springsteen's my spirit guide and my absolute hero. I even named my 10-year-old daughter after one of his songs, Rosalita. Oh, okay. And uh, now she's a little uh, a mouthy 10-year-old scouser. She's uh, challenging me on it. Why am I called Brute Rosalita? And I'm like, you're lucky you weren't called Born to Run Love. Now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Brilliant. Brilliant.
yesterday, my MyTunes guest made a very strong reference to The Clash. And I'll break the silence and say this today's song will be from The Clash. Ian Prowse, wonderful artist, was over just a week or so ago, one night only. Can you believe it? But there you go, got to come back soon. Just how important were The Clash to you, Well, it was it, the thing about The Clash and all of those bands around that new wave era. I didn't have any um, musicians in my family and I didn't have any musical instruments lying around or anything like that. But what inspired me to, to play music and write songs was these bands which came out in like 1977, 78, 79, 80. And the reason was because they were conviction musicians. When they was they wanted to change the world with their guitars. It wasn't about getting famous or making money or pulling boys or girls. It was you know conviction and I'm that's me that's my you know that's my uh, my background so I guess you know there's a long tradition of it with Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan but these were my modern day I felt like I was being remotely schooled by Joe Strummer and Paul Weller and Hugh Cornwell and Ian Jury and all of these great artists and the clash with with the best at a lot of it. There was some amazing writing going oh, on as well. I mean, not just yeah. the observational stuff, but really, really strong themes yeah. in those songs. Mick Jones as well, great, great melodies. And they were talking about issues which nobody else was talking about. There's a, there's a great song where they talk about, um, you know, mercenaries abroad and armaments and armories being made in this country, but we never spoke about it. Oh, sorry, not this country, no, obviously, no. because I'm outside of the UK now. Technically, which, yes, you are. Which, which is a relief, because <laughs> <laughs> it's mad over there at the moment. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you, you bring into these, these issues, political issues, which are, which are about what's really going on, because we get told one thing, you know, by our betters and superiors, and there's, there's always another story, and The Clash gave us that. They certainly did, and it was quite interesting. They they probably wouldn't have happened without punk, but yeah. they were certainly way moved on from raw punk. That yeah. rawness of the actual punk movement yeah. almost died the moment it got into the Daily Mirror and the Sun. Yeah, it, it did, almost, didn't it? it? That almost blew it. Yeah, it did. And then more substantial things yeah. happened. Well, by the time they got to the third album with London Calling, there was, on that record, there was Scar, Reggae, uh, old style rock and roll, there's jazz, there's so many influences and they were such sponges that The Clash could take it in and regurgitate it in their own form. You know, when The Clash did reggae, they they were they really authentic at it, you know, and a lot of the, the, the like, Scratch Perry and everywhere, a lot of the, the uh, black producers and players, they respected The Clash a lot for what they were doing with it. I think that's a really good point you make there because the integration, the black and white integration through bands like The Clash and many others, they did cross over everywhere. Yeah, they did, they did. And then, the, you know, the two-tone explosion and the mod revival and all of that. This is the this was young people making their stand and making their point with conviction. And it was, in, for, you know, for somebody like me who was 14, 15... It was just incredibly inspiring, and it's still the energy upon which I run now as a songwriter and, uh, and, a, and a musician. Well, we'll talk about your songwriting very much tomorrow, but let's have a Clash track. we got to. What's it going to be? This is uh, Working for the Clampdown, one of my favourite ever Clash songs. <laughs>
Yesterday on my tunes with my guest Ian Prowse, we talked an awful lot about the Clash because we like them <laughs> and because they were part of our lives. Both yeah. I know you're a bit like well, quite a bit younger than me, but never mind. But it was there; it was very much part of the soundtrack. I want to really now talk about your writing, okay? And where it starts, where it stops, how it happens, the process for you, Ian. Um, well, as I said uh, yesterday, I come out of the of conviction you know the idea that your guitar can change the world you know three chords and the truth so you report what you see and what you feel and what you hear um via your guitar and it's always authentic and with 100 percent passion you know I'm, i've never written a song to try and attract uh, money girls or fame it's it's about communication with my fellow man or woman you know and uh, and that's that's how i started off and that's how i still do it to this day I often joke on stage that I only write about try, either trying to change the world or getting dumped. <laughs> I'm experiencing both, but they're both because they come from the heart. And I find that even to this day, I can still sing some of my early songs, which we first put out with Pele in 1992. I can sing them with complete passion and joy because the inbuilt into them when I wrote them was complete honesty. So I, you know, I, I don't feel embarrassed by any of them or, or I don't feel as though I'm, I'm sick of doing it. I still enjoy doing it, you know, as much as the new songs. And the process hasn't slowed down or has no, it? No, no, it hasn't. That's my thing. I think that my latest music is probably my, the strongest that I've done. And this is, this is people who, who support me telling me this, not me <laughs> going, I'm, I'm as good as I've ever been, you know. This is the, what people are telling me. And we've just been, you know, out on tour with Elvis Costello and what got us that tour was the quality of the new music. You know, Elvis heard it and went, right, come, come be our uh, opening act all over the country. So I, I'm, I feel as though I'm at the top of my game artistically and it's important to be an artistic going concern because yeah. so many artists that I know some of them, you know, friends or whatever, what they did best was way in the past and it feels like it's a heritage thing. I don't feel like that. No, good man. The Elvis Costello thing, I want to uh, explore that a bit tomorrow because this, you met him a long time ago. Yeah, so yeah, We'll talk yeah. about that tomorrow, but yeah. let's have a tr today's track. Well, the reason why I've chosen this track today is because it was a real seminal moment for me in my songwriting. I was always okay in the, in the 80s. I was trying to get a band going when I was really young in Liverpool. But when I heard this track, everything fell into sharp focus for me as a songwriter because I discovered the Celtic soul. And this song is the perfect melding of rock and roll and the Celtic soul. It is? Fisherman's Blues. 
Yesterday, on my tunes with my guest Ian Prowse, we touched on Elvis Costello. And the fact, you've just finished a pretty hefty tour opening for him. Yeah, yeah, we have, yeah, yeah. And, All but, around the UK. But you've, you've known Elvis for some time. I've known him since 2002. We became yeah. friends in 2002. And he asked our band, Amsterdam, to be his uh, backing band on the Jonathan Ross television show. And then he took us out on the ale afterwards. So I can't really remember much of that day. <laughs> and then we did a duet together on EMI Records uh, for a thing that was going on in Liverpool. Basically, I've done everything. We, we opened up shows for him. He, he phoned me up one day and went, I've had a great idea. Amsterdam in Amsterdam. So we opened up for him at the Paradiso. And then he drags me up on stage. And then, But we'd never done a full tour until I sent him the new music they've been working on. And he said, come on, it's time now. Let's let's go out together. And he's just been so incredibly generous to me down the years. And he's funny and he loves to tell a, a great yarn. Uh, so a lot of the times on this tour we've just done, we'd just be sat in one of the uh, dressing rooms and he'd tell me about this, that and the other. And he knows how much I love Bruce Springsteen. So he'd tell me Bruce stories or Bob Dylan stories. And of course, above and beyond all that, his own music has inspired me greatly down the years because he's a conviction singer. Oh, very you much so. I mean? um, and what a, what an I'm going to say a, a most bizarre emergence from that era that we talked about earlier in the week because he didn't look the part. No, he was writing very different sort of songs, but they yeah. were powerful. Yeah, songs he's fearless, me. fearless songwriter. Yeah. He's a fearless guy. He doesn't care, you know, what he says, considering how incredibly famous he is and especially in america he's never uh, jumped through any hoops he's just elvis you know and uh, i love him and i owe him a lot you know he's a great fella am i on safe ground to say well, i'll say it anyway that pele should have been a whole lot bigger in great britain than they were yeah i think so you know we you have a you but things don't quite work out you have a bit of bad luck you have a bit of bad uh, organization by the record company 
you kind of you need all of those things to fire off at the same time. We got loads of major record play, you know, with uh, on Radio One they put us on the A list, the first three singles. We didn't have much backing from the uh, the music press, which probably counted against us because we had a fiddle and they were deeply prejudiced against them, and we didn't drink in the same boozers that all the other bands did. So, but we what we did do is we went out on the road and played hundreds and hundreds of gigs and we went out and toured with the Pogues and Delamitri and basically a lot of the people who got on board what I call the good ship Prousey got on board during those that era and they're still with me to this day you know we we did I developed a, a relationship with people who like my music and uh, and we've all been on a big journey together and we've picked up a lot of shipmates along the way you know oh, through man. Amsterdam and Solo and everything you've got a great catalogue and a catalogue in depth in so many ways and and it's there and it's building all the time. Like you say, you're not stopping, you're keeping moving forward. Is it easier or harder, would you say, for a new artist starting from nothing today to get out there? Yeah, it's much harder today because, you know, because you've got the Internet, everybody can proclaim themselves as a as a singer or a songwriter all they have to do is put it on their facebook you know musician whereas in when i started off in the 90s people would not say that about themselves unless they had a major record deal uh so there was a there was like a a bar that you had to kind of get up to nowadays it's much more democratic um but i find that it's much better these days because uh, you know, it, you still have to be really good to rise above the you know the morass of, of people out there, but you can you can have a, a like a relationship with all of the people who like you. You gather them all together, and you talk to them, and you uh, they they buy your your albums and they come to the shows, and it's much more of a, an organic thing. Whereas back in in the old days, it was a very uh, you know delineated band fans. Mm. Now it's it's different to that, you know. Well, here's to you carrying on the great march or, or, or voyage forward of the good yes, ship, Proud. Yes, yes. Get it moving forward. <laughs> Get on board the ship. Uh, and come back again, because I think this is the first time since 16 years you've been back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 17 years since we played a, a yeah. show at the Corner House yeah. with Amsterdam. So and I, and before that was when I was seventeen working here. So I feel as though I'm here confronting my seventeen-year-old and forty-year-old self. So uh, and you kind of do wonder what was I thinking then and who am I now? So I'm really I've loved being here. Well, I hope you get inspiration for a couple of songs about the Isle of Man or yeah. something about. Well, it. I did the, my song about Ned Madrill. Ah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. And um, and in that song, I name a lot of places in the Isle of Man. So uh, and uh, and I mentioned Summerland as well. Um, and the and the, the the great Summerland tragedy, which you know doesn't get spoken about enough, right. I thought I'd put that in the song and all. Good man. So, um, so the Isle of Man is very, very, very dear to my heart, and I'll always come back if you'll have me. Well, we <laughs> certainly will. You're welcome back any time, Ian. Thank you. Thank you, pal. Just deserves only 
Find the River, the final choice of my guest all this week on my tunes, Ian Prowse. Find the River by R.E.M. And do check out Ian's solo work, work with Pele, work with Amsterdam, because there is a wealth of wonderful music waiting for you. I'm Mark Tiley. Come back to me on The Morning Show, The Shore Morning Show, if you can, 9.30, Monday to Friday, right here on Manx Radio.